0: The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app TrueConnect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit TCfree.fit to redeem one free year of TrueConnect exclusively for Raider Nation.
1: You're listening to a pawn further review presented by Coors Light on the official
0: Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, Eddie Pascal. Raider Nation, what is going on? Eddie Pascal here back at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. And thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us for another episode of Upon Further Review brought to you by our pals at Coors Light. And we have a great show today. We are feeling good about today because in just a few minutes we are going to roll our interview. We're going to you a little championship flavor this afternoon because we are going to play our interview with our guest this week, Becky Hammond, head coach of your World champion, W or WNBA world champion, Las Vegas Aces. Very excited to hang out with Coach, and she was fantastic. Uh, it was obviously good to connect with her about the Aces win, uh, what that meant for the city of Las Vegas, the impact of Mark Davis on her, you know, ultimately taking this job, and so much more. Uh, and it was great. It was really fun to connect with her, uh, and I think we it's it's good to give a, a little bit of a different uh, different twist this week. Because it's a big deal that the Aces won the WNBA championship. It's a big deal not only for them, for the women on that team, uh, for the organization, but it's a big deal for the city of Las Vegas. It's a big deal for the entirety uh, of the Southern Nevada community, and we want to give them a little bit of love. So make sure you stick around, hang out with us. Uh, Becky was very generous with her time, and we thank her immensely. But... Per usual, we're going to go heavy Raiders outside of that. Uh, And before we get to all our news and notes of the week and what your 0-2 Raiders have to do to successfully secure win numero uno of the 2022 campaign, we begin as we always do with our transactions, brought to you by Shift4 Payments. So since the last time that you and I hung out, the Las Vegas Raiders have made the following moves. On September, excuse me, September 17th, they activated guard Alex Bars and safety Matthias Farley from the practice squad. Then on 9/19, just two days later, Alex Bars and Matthias Farley, the aforementioned, reverted back to the practice squad. Then, which will segue us perfectly into our first headline of the week. On September 21st, which was yesterday, was Wednesday, the Las Vegas Raiders acquired tackle Justin Heron and a 2024 seventh-round pick from the New England Patriots in exchange for a 2024 sixth-round pick and a corresponding move to add Mr. Heron to the roster. uh, The Raiders waived cornerback Javelin Guidry. So, as I said, that segues us perfectly into our first headline of the week, the new addition along the offensive line, and just a little bit of a, a little bit of a background on our new guy. Uh, Mr. Heron had 16 appearances for the Patriots last year, so clearly familiar with Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, uh, familiar with what uh, scheme they bring to the table, what the expectations are going to be along the offensive line for him. And it remains to be seen what his role is going to be come, uh, come Sunday afternoon or Sunday morning, if you're hanging out with us on the West Coast, uh, when the team takes on the Tennessee Titans down there in Nashville. But I think at this point in the game, and we've talked about it all year, and I apologize, I apologize, I apologize because we sound like a broken record, that the biggest question or one of the biggest questions or surrounding the 2022 Las Vegas Raiders was how the offensive line was going to hold up, right? How was this group going to gel? Who was going to be the best five? All of it. And as we you know, progress now into week three, so I think we have to give the disclaimer, as we progress very, very early into the 2022 campaign, we still have some questions along the offensive line. Uh, Dylan Parham, a rookie—the rookie, I should say—stepped in at center with Andre James down on Sunday, dealing with concussion uh, in the concussion protocol. Uh, and then we had some rotation along the right side of the line. We had Jermaine Illuminor getting the start. Thayer Munford comes in. And, and look, we're still—you know—we're still trying to figure out what this group is. Who is the best five? Are we going to continue this rotation? And I'll be really interested to see come Sunday uh, if Justin Heron is is active. Uh, He's one of the 46 active guys. And what kind of his role is on that group? Do Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler view him as a swing tackle, perhaps a Brandon Parker-esque type role? Or do they look at him as a more permanent fix uh, along, you know, on the right side at right tackle? A lot of that remains to be seen. And I think that it's important to note, too, that we have spent so much time, you know, arguably too much time, discussing the offensive line. And if we look at their performance on Sunday, I think by and large, the group held up pretty well, right? Uh, You know, they have, they give up the one sack, which came, uh, you know, a detrimental sack, obviously, but comes on the first series in the first quarter. And after that, no sacks. Derek Carr stayed upright the entire game. Josh Jacobs, when given the opportunity, ran the ball really effectively. And as we all know, Josh and any back, for that matter, cannot be effective unless the big boys up front are doing their thing. So big credit to the offensive line on Sunday for holding up their end of the bargain, for doing what they needed to do, giving Derek time to work, carving out those running lanes for Josh, albeit in a losing effort. So as I said, questions, yes. Do we still have questions about this group? Absolutely. But I think that after what we saw from the, from the offensive line in particular Sunday during the home opener at Allegiant Stadium, I think perhaps those questions have gotten, those whispers have gotten a little quieter, uh, I think is fair to say. Now, you know, we're going to do it all again on Sunday. We're going to see how this whole thing shakes out. Uh, but it'll be very interesting to see how Josh McDaniels ultimately decides to roll with those big boys up front. And now we have to get to, well, everything else that happened on Sunday. The Las Vegas Raiders lose 29-23 in overtime to the Arizona Cardinals in a game that let's be honest felt at least from our position in the press box, high up at Allegiant Stadium. It felt over. Raiders up 20 to nothing. Feeling good. Don't know if you could play a better half if you're the silver and black. And then obviously the second half happens. Uh, the, the offense the stalls, the defense on the field way too long, Kyler Murray doing Kyler Murray things, and then we get down to that final, you know, call it the final quarter of that quarter, the fourth quarter, uh, and then overtime, and it was weird, it was funky, uh, and unfortunately the Raiders came out on the losing end of that, and candidly, what is, uh, was a frustrating loss, uh, one of the more disheartening losses that we have seen in some time, but it's behind us. It is behind us. Nothing you can do about it. Tough day at the office. No doubt about that. Really tough day. But the good news is the Raiders got a lot more games to play, and they're going to have to put this one behind them. And as we record this on a Thursday, they have put that behind them. And all eyes now are on the Tennessee Titans. And I, and I really think for me, and I know a bit of it is, is kind of just stating the obvious, a little bit of the duh, but I think it was really nice to just hear Right to hear from Coach McDaniel's, to hear from Derek Carr, and to understand that yes, Sunday was a bummer. Sunday was not fun. I don't think if you were a fan of the Silver and Black that you left feeling pretty good from Allegiant Stadium. Don't know if you did. Doubt you did. But the fact that the team got back to work—excuse <clears throat> me—got back to work, understood there were things that needed to be corrected, corrected them. But did that in a way that is consistent with, how, with their weekly approach. So Coach McDaniel was saying, look, you know, when I come up and, you know, I'm using his voice, but he's like, when I come up here after a win, I want not be the same guy as I am today. So I think that just consistent approach from your head coach, from your quarterback, and look, Derek has seen it all in his time as a Raider. There are not a lot of things that you could throw him, throw at him in terms of situation, circumstance, whatever it is that Derek has not seen, Derek has not weathered, Derek, not, Derek has not come through on the other side from. So I understand the natural frustration. I understand the natural, oh, the sky is falling type feeling. No one wants to be 0-2. Owen 0-2 Owen doesn't feel very good. We know that. But I think it's important to remember that it is a long season ahead. We have seen glimpses Of who the 2022 Raiders can be. We look at that second half, week one against the Los Angeles Chargers, and we look at the first half, last week against the Arizona Cardinals. And if the Raiders can figure out a way to replicate that play for four quarters, not two quarters, not three, not one and a half, if they can replicate that play for 40 or excuse me, for 60 minutes, we're gonna be feeling pretty good. But Devontae Adams said it best when he spoke to the media the other day. He said, Look, NFL doesn't work like that, right? Doesn't matter if you played a good half. Doesn't matter if it was the second half. Doesn't matter if it was the first half. If you want to be a successful team in the NFL, you got to put four quarters together. And that is exactly what the Raiders are going to have to do as they head to Nashville this week to take on the 0 2 Tennessee Titans. And I think just objectively, and we're going to get to our interview with Becky Hammond here in just a sec, but I think objectively, you might look at this from the outside looking in, from a national perspective, be like, ah, oh, the 0-2 Raiders against the 0-2 Titans, you know, I don't know if there's much there for me. I think this is going to be an incredible football game. I really, really do. Titans coming off a really tough loss, a brutal loss on Monday Night Football to Josh Allen on the Buffalo Bills, 41-7, tough. Raiders coming off a heartbreaking loss of their own at home the day before, also tough. Two teams that are looking for their first win in 2022. And someone's going to get it on Sunday. And it is going to be a tough, hard-nosed, smash-mouth football game. And it is going to be incredibly entertaining. And I think for me, it's going to be kind of that. it, It always, Whenever the Raiders and Titans get together, and I remember a couple years ago, you know, call it like 16, 17, 18, whatever it was, it felt like the Raiders and the Titans constantly saw each other, whether it was in the preseason or the regular season. It just felt like we were always in Nashville. And don't get me wrong, Nashville's an incredible city. But it just felt like we were always in Nashville, always playing the Titans. Well, that has kind of kind of simmered over the past several seasons. So this is the first time these two teams have got together in a minute. And I think that it is going to be uh, an exciting test for both teams. I think that two teams that, when they're right, uh, really want to control the line of scrimmage, want to run the ball, want to establish who they are, want the big boys uh, to kind of do their thing. And it's going to be really, really interesting. It is going to be a chess match, I think, for 60 Minutes between Mike v- excuse me, Mike Vrabel and Josh McDaniels. And I'm fired up, man. It is going to be a lot of fun. Make sure that you get up early, Raider Nation. 10 a.m. kickoff on Fox, which is a little bit different than, than usual. Typically, we're the CBS broadcast, but not this week. This week, we're on Fox. So make sure you set your alarm, get up early, hang out with us for all the pregame, all the postgame, the whole shebang, because it is going to be a fantastic, Fantastic game, and I am very, very excited to, uh, to witness it. And I think another thing before we get, it, get to our conversation with Coach Hammond, keep an eye on the run game for each of these teams. Look, Derrick Henry is an absolute machine. Derrick Henry is not of this world. I don't know if he's of Pluto, of Mars, of some, kind, you know, some planet that we don't even know yet, but he is not of Earth. This man is a, incredible. But don't sleep on Josh Jacobs either. Josh Jacobs has had a really nice start to 2022. And Derrick Henry, you know, looking at his stats right now, barely over the, uh, the century mark in rushing yards this year. Through two games, Derrick Henry has 107 total yards, rushing yards, I should say. When Derrick Henry's cooking, that's like a quarter for him, a like quarter and a half. And I have a feeling that Derrick Henry is going to come into this game motivated, fired up, ready to put the team on his back, for lack of a better term. So I think whichever team, and we'll get to my Raiders will win if, after our interview with Coach, but it'll be really interesting to me to see which of these two teams can control the line of scrimmage and whether it's Josh or Derrick Henry that ends the, uh, ends the day there with more total yards. But... It is going to be a great game, as I said, 10 o'clock a.m. early for us here on the West Coast, Coast, which I love. So make sure those those alarms are set, uh, and make sure you hang out with us. And now, finally, long preamble today, guys. I apologize. Uh, But like I said at the top, we are so excited to play our interview with Coach Becky Hammond. Uh, It was fantastic to catch up with her. Like I said, a uh, An incredible, an incredible coach coming off of an incredible season uh, for not only her, but the team. You know, you look at all the awards that the Aces won this year, it feels like they, you know, any any and every award, season-ending award, mid-season award, whatever it was, that was given out this year. The little dash next to it says, you know, player name, coach name, parentheses, Las Vegas Aces. So it was great to catch up with coach. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation, excuse me, this conversation as much as we did. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our chat with the champion, with the champ, Becky Hammond. Coach, congratulations. We were talking about before we, uh, before we started rolling here, how do you even try to explain what the past four or five days have been like for you?
1: <laughs> I haven't attempted to try to explain it. It's pretty uh, unexplainable and um, hard to articulate, but it, it's been a whirlwind. Um, so much has gone, so much has happened. I mean, for me, the last, you know, um, since December, when I took this job, it's just been um, go, 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 go. And so it's weird to like, not have film to look at right now, or, um, you know, not a meeting or something I have to be doing. So sometimes I'm like, you know, well, now what am I going to do? There's I, I, Work is done for a little bit. Um, but I'm going to certainly get away, enjoy this um, get some downtime. I haven't had a vacation since about 2019. So, uh, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it and, uh, always happy to go out on the season on a win. So that always feels good.
0: Yeah. Certainly a well-deserved vacation at this point, coach. And I'm curious after one wins a championship, what does your cell phone look like when you get back to the locker room?
1: Oh man. I had I mean all good things, right. Yeah. But And I lost my phone for like 18 hours and I was like, oh. I had like 100 text messages I hadn't even responded to. <laughs> I eventually got to all of them. It took me about two days. Uh, but yeah, it, it continually just keeps blowing up. Um, and most, you know, a lot of times you you move into the head coaching spot, like your phone just never stops. There's always something. So at least this time, this something was was really good.
0: Yeah, 100%. And, and like you said, I can't believe, first of all, I can't believe you lost the phone for 18 hours and, and you found it though. It was recovered.
1: Yeah. So, uh, my wife had put it in her purse, I think getting off the plane and then forgot about it. I mean, I had everybody from almost the Las Vegas police department out looking for that phone. I'm like, it can only be on the bus, on the plane. And that's it. That's the only places I've been. And, um, I went to the at t store and had them track the phone and track back to my rental. I was like, okay, so it's somewhere. <laughs> uh, and I found it in her purse oh. and-
0: a tail a oh. tale as old as time, right? A tale as old as time.
1: Or because I'm like, look dying, because I have so many people's phone numbers in there that I would never want, you know, anybody to get a hold of. And so uh that was stressful. Hey, but You, happy-
0: you got through it though, with that, the phone has been recovered. All the celebratory text messages were able to be sent out. So it's it's a it's a W across the board. But but coach, I'm curious, going back to, to the game itself last weekend, what was the moment where you let yourself think like Oh, okay. We're, we're actually going to do this. Or was it at triple zeros when you're like, okay, now it's officially official.
1: No, you never, you're never comfortable as, as a, as a head coach. You're just never comfortable until the buzzer goes off. Um, once the buzzer did go off, I mean, it's, um, obviously a flood of emotions. It's, it's really hard to articulate those moments. Um, it's exhilaration, exhaustion relief, happiness, like it, it, it's like every range, um, that the, the human emotion could afford. And uh, I mean, for me, um, I was just so thrilled for, for our team. Um, the ladies worked really hard and it was just a really special season. And it was only appropriate that it, it ended in a championship. I think anything less would have just felt awful. Um, and you don't like that feeling and having to sit with that for the next six, seven months, that's for sure.
0: You know, you you talked about kind of just the whirlwind of a past, you know, call it eight, nine months that has been for you. I I mean, have you had had a chance to really, you know, sit down and think like, man, it has been, we've had the highs, we've had the lows. Obviously we end in the ultimate high winning a championship, but have you had had enough time to really like process what this past year, this past season has been like for not only you, but, but for the team?
1: Uh, No, not yet. Um, I hope I get, you know, I got to find some, some, some quiet space um, where I can be turned off, you know, and just try to find um, a way to come down. Um, you know, professional sports is interesting because it's almost it's almost like a drug, um, the highs and the lows and um, just the grind of all of it. You know, it's just like you go from working 120 miles an hour to like, just a dead stop. And so, um, whether that was as a player or my time with the Spurs or, you know, here with the aces, it's like when the end of the season hits, it's such a jolt to the system because it's almost like you don't know how to not go, you know? Um, and so this next month and a half, two months, I, I want to go fishing. I want to go, um, go back to South Dakota, see some family. Um, I've never had this kind of like break, um, When I finished playing in 2014, two days later I was in the gym with the Spurs. Um, So I'm really looking forward to just connecting with with family and friends on a on a different level, um, and just completely unplugging for a good
0: month. You know, it's so funny you bring that up. You know, obviously for for me on a much smaller level, like when. But you you said it in it perfectly. Like when the season ends, it ends. It, It there's no kind of like gradual kind of ease into it. And I remember my mother-in-law was talking to me this often and she goes, is it weird for you when you, when you have Sundays back at the end of the year? I'm like, it is like, it, it takes you a couple of weeks and it takes you a month to be like, Oh, okay. Like, I guess I could go for a hike today, or I guess I should go do something. But it like, you're hundred percent right where it, it takes you a bit of time to kind of adjust to, to life as a, as a, as a, civilian for lack of a better term.
1: Yeah, no, it's, um, you know, for like the, my normal isn't normal, Yeah, but it's normal. And, uh, I, you know, you go from like not sleeping at all to like, I don't sleep in general very much anyways, but you know, um, after that game three loss, I watched tape till three, I was up at six and you're just like a, you're, you're like a caged animal. Like you can't wait to get things right, get things fixed, make these adjustments. Um, and then you go from those kind of emotions and those kinds of nights to just like, you know, I had a friend over the other day and I was like, well, what are we going to do now? like we're just staring at each other. Uh, I don't know, uh, what to do with myself. So, um, I do know, uh, I got some things I got to wrap up here. Um, but then I, I got to find some water in a beach or something. I got a water in a boat, something I got I, I, out. And, uh, that's my happy place out on the water or in the water, uh, scuba diving or
0: whatever. I'm with you, Coach. I mean, especially right now, you know, things are kind of cooling down, but I'm with you. I'm Sitting on a beach with a beer sounds not a, not a lot better, especially after a championship run like, like you all just had. But, you know, going back to kind of the culmination, the, the exclamation point of that season, if you will, the parade the other day. I, I mean, what was it like to see the city of Las Vegas, the community here, uh, you know, the Raiders organization, the Las Vegas Aces organization really turn out and really celebrate such a big moment, obviously, not only for the Aces, but for this community in general?
1: Yeah. I, you know, I didn't really know what to expect. You know, it's my first year here. I know we were selling out games, you know, the last few games of the season. Um, and I knew there was an excitement, but the parade, you know, those weren't just like tourists passing by like, Oh, what's going on. These were aces. These were Las Vegas natives that came out, um, to support us. And I saw every walk of life. And that is just something that makes me so happy. Um, that we're putting a product out there that people can be proud of that people want to, you know, time is money and they're willing to spend their time and their money with us celebrating us. And, uh, we're, we just look forward to continuing to put a, a great product on the floor and something that Las Vegas can be proud of. Um, you know, at the end of the day, this is a basketball town and in, you know, we're the professional team here. So, uh, I thought it was exceptional. I had no idea what to expect and I was blown away.
0: Yeah, I think it was it was really cool to see to see the reaction, and you know, I'm like a lot of folks here. Like, I'm relatively new to Las Vegas. I'm a, a Northern California guy. I moved out here when the team moved out here, and it's been really, really cool for me. To see how much the city rallies around its sports teams, but with but with the Aces in general too, just to see the excitement, the genuine kind of grassroots uh, excitement for this team, and then obviously I think winning championships helps that in, in a big way too. But like I said, it's been it's been really fun for me to watch that and to see that because that's something that I don't I don't think you see uh, in in a lot of markets like you do here in Las Vegas. But you know, Coach, going back to looking at when you started your career as a player to where the WNBA is now, like I imagine it's been. It's got to be so rewarding for you to see just the growth of the league in, on really on an international level.
1: Uh, it, it continues to have a similar projection as the NBA, really. Uh, the players just get bigger, faster, more skilled. Um, and, you know, coming in, I had to go back and obviously watch a, a lot of tape. And I, I was just so impressed with the overall skill level, Um And I was like, wow, like these ladies can really, really go. They are great basketball players and you can throw anything else out the window. They are great basketball players. They're doing stuff that it looks easy. And I think that's one thing that uh, I I so appreciate about the guys from the NBA coming out and and supporting is that they have an appreciation for how hard it is to, you know, be going full speed and pull up on a diamond and, and, you know, put it up softly. Um, That takes a lot of skill, a lot of repetition, Um, and the fact that I'm, I'm getting guys, coaches from the NBA guys from the NBA, hitting me up like, yo, I love to watch your team play. Um, and, and the product in the W is as high quality as I've ever seen it. Um, just really high quality, high IQ, and really honestly, a very tough league to win in. Um, and I, and I liken it to imagine if you condensed and just had 12 NFL teams, how hard it would be if you took all the talent. From those other teams, how hard is it to win? Um, not only that, you're playing teams repeatedly, so you really learn them. So you really have to execute and lock into every every game. Um, and similar to the M, uh, to the NFL, you know, every game counts. Every game really matters. It's not like you have 82 in the nba so it's a it's a little bit different element but a really fun one to to coach and be a part of
0: yeah i imagine just kind of the the mental like the mental battle of a season not only of a game but just the mental like you said you know the opponent so well you know what's coming down the pipeline i imagine that adds uh, a really unique element of of coaching and game planning and everything that goes into you know hopefully winning when you when you hit the uh, hit the hardwood there but i gotta ask you about about mark davis and just his impact on, on not only you, but the organization and just kind of the commitment that he's shown to women's sports in general. I imagine being able to share the moment of the parade and really the the season as a whole must have been uh, really rewarding for you.
1: Uh, I mean, Mark, obviously, is a big reason why why I came. You know, my, inis- my initial conversations were with Nikki and Mark. Uh, Nikki Fargus, who's our president, um, and Mark Davis. And I was just so impressed with, with what they were building. Um, they had a vision and they had a plan. And there was security behind that. And I think, you know, in a world, uh, in, you know, in the world of professional sports, security is few and far between. And to have the backing of of your owner, of your president and, and that kind of support, it makes you feel good about stepping into a new situation. Obviously uh, change is never easy for anyone, but I felt really good about coming here um, because of the passion really that Mark Davis has for, for women's basketball and women's sports. Um, you know, I came to a Raiders game and it was just really like a lot of, a lot of teams talk about, you know, family culture and stuff, but uh, Mark Davis believes it to his core and it's something that he invests in. I mean, you can just see it with all the, the ways he's trying to loop alumni back in, whether it's from the Raiders or the aces, the stars, whoever he's looping everybody back in. And I think, um, in order to build a really great future, you need to understand the past, the history, the roots of the organization. And he's somebody who, like I said, he, at the end of the day, he really walks the walk.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. And coach, I know that you have a lot of vacation plans some very well-deserved vacation plans, but I hope we can get you out to a game at some point this fall, get to get to hang out with the silver and black once more.
1: Oh yeah, I'll be out a couple times. My my son is now on the dark side. Uh, I grew up, a, grew up a Broncos fan.
0: Don't no no no! Don't tell him that. Don't tell him that.
1: And, and so I'm 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 leaning now. But my son is a diehard uh, Raider fan, and uh, we'll be out to support the guys. And I told Mark, I was like, I, I'm a Bronco fan. I was like, what am I gonna do with that? And I said, I'm cheered for the Raiders now. You know. He's writing my check. He wins. Yeah.
0: <laughs> very, very well said. Well, hey, Coach, I appreciate your time. You've been very generous with us today. Uh, congratulations once again on an incredible season. Uh, really fun to watch you all do what you do. And uh, having it end in, in an incredible parade to celebrate not only uh, the team, but the city of Las Vegas. It was a blast. Continued success, and we'll see you at a game soon, okay?
1: All right. Thank you.
0: And congratulations once again to Coach Hammond and the entire ACES organization. Uh, An incredible season, and we're excited to see you guys hopefully go out and uh, repeat and do your thing again next year. Uh, So congrats, Coach. And like I said, enjoy a little vacation. You you deserved it. So uh, speaking of people who are not going to be going on vacation for a while, that's us. We're still locked in. we got a long way to go before we get a little vacation time, but I wouldn't change it for the world. Uh, And as I said, your 0-2 Raiders heading to Nashville uh, in just a little bit, to prepare to take on the Tennessee Titans. Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans. Uh, and, you know, we started this, this little mini-segment at the beginning of the year. You know, the Raiders will win, if. And, and to me, it's a simple one this week. I don't want to say simple, but to me, it's, it's pretty straightforward. 60 minutes. If the Raiders can be who we know they can be for 60 minutes, I think they win this game. I said at the top, We've seen who they can be. We saw that second half in Los Angeles week one. We saw that first half last week against the Arizona Cardinals, two playoff teams I might add, week one and week two, and I guess week three as well. But we saw against quality opponents who this team has the potential to be, what they can bring to the gridiron. Now, unfortunately, we didn't see it for a full 60. So if the Raiders can be who they are for 60 minutes, not, not 40, not 30, not 50. If they can be who they are for 60 minutes, I like their chances. And make no mistake about it, this is a tough game. This is a good Titans team. Do not let, similar to the Raiders, don't let the record fool you. This is a good football team. They might have had a slow start as well. Derrick Henry's still over there. Ryan Tannehill, in my opinion, still an underrated quarterback in the NFL. They can do some things. There's a reason they've been successful for so long. There's a reason that every single year we see them playing in January, like mid-January, late January. There's a reason for that. They're incredibly well coached. They're a tough football team, and they know who they are. They have a clear identity. So it is not going to be a walk in the park for your Las Vegas Raiders coming up this weekend. And I think the other thing to keep in mind, too, as I do a quick, uh, quick weather check, there's always something going on weather-wise in Nashville. I feel like every time we go, it's either rainy or muggy or stormy or a million degrees. And as I look at the weather report right now, we're looking at 86 on Sunday. So not terrible, not terrible at all. But, oh, man, you're, we're, we're getting out of there right before the good weather hits. After that, we go 78, 77, 73. But such is life. My point is this. There's always something funky down there in Music City. Always something funky. Uh, But I am really hopeful that the Raiders can come away with their first win of of 2022, give us all something to celebrate, help us enjoy a Victory Monday for the first time since January, man. It's going to be, when that day comes, it'll be a great day, and I'm really hoping that we see it uh, this upcoming Sunday. Friendly reminder, early kickoff as we're on the East Coast at 10 a.m. on Fox. Make sure you hang out with us. Uh, But it's about that time to get out of here. But before we do, you know what we got to do. We got to crack an ice cold bruchacho before we hit the dusty trail. An easy one this week, man. The has made it real easy on me the past couple of weeks. I just keep cracking cold ones for them. And I'm going to crack a cold one again for Becky Hammond, for Asia Wilson, Chelsea Gray, friend of the program, Kelsey Plum. Like they deserve it. They did a fantastic job this year. They had one hell of a, hell of a season. And, uh, and they made everyone in this community, everyone in this region very proud. So as I said, congratulations, ladies. Let's go do it again in 2023. Uh, it's going to be a blast. So... As I said, friendly reminder: early kickoff this Sunday when your Raiders head on to Nashville to take on the Tennessee Titans. Make sure you're up early, set the alarms, enjoy breakfast and football. What is better than that? Not a whole lot. So hopefully we will hear you. Uh, we will see you guys next week. And quick programming note: very exciting. Uh, just fifth quarter update. That's our post game podcast. Shameless plug alert. We're going to be joined by none other than friend of the program. Uh, all NFL everything, it feels like, media personality extraordinaire, Will Compton. He's going to be in the mix with us this upcoming Sunday, and he's going to the game. He'll be there on site, uh, and then he's going to pop back to the home studio and come hang out with us and break it all down. So make sure you subscribe uh, to the Fifth Quarter uh, Podcast channel, wherever you get your pods. And if you subscribe to the Raiders Podcast Network, which I hope all of you are, you will automatically get that in your feed Sunday evening, uh, hopefully, as we talk about and break down the first Raiders win of 2022. So, Freddie Pascal, our guest this week, Becky Hammond, my man Ray and Al and the ones and twos who have done a fantastic job keeping us afloat this week, Alexandra and everyone else back in the control room and our entire group here at Silver and Black Productions. Thank you for hanging out with us. And we will catch you guys same time, same place next week for our next episode